This is episode number 55 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Everybody, welcome back to High Impact Leaders. I'm your host, Doug Stannard with the Leaders Institute. And our goal here is to share some success stories from high impact leaders who have been able to build strong teams while growing a successful business. This week, I interview Kevin Yerudia with Voy Media, who has, he's really had a fascinating year since the COVID pandemic first hit. And in fact, during that time frame, his entire, just like a lot of us, his entire team went remote. And uh, But what they kind of learned through the process, though, was that they have actually become even more successful as a remote team. So they've just decided to shut down their office and go entirely remote. So um, he'll give us a few tips, some things that he's learned, and also really some things to think about if you happen to be on the fence as to whether or not you're going to go back to the office. Hey, by the way, as always, if you like the sessions, don't forget to subscribe to the High Impact Leaders podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast. Leave us a review, you know, wherever you download the show. And also, we've been publishing a lot of new leadership videos, the tips on on our uh, YouTube channel. So make sure to to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just go to um, to YouTube and just search for the Leaders Institute. You'll find us very quickly and easily. All right, so enjoy the episode and enjoy the interview with Kevin. Hey, welcome back to High Impact Leaders. Hey, I got a special guest today, um, Kevin Yerudia. Uh, He's with uh, with Voy Media, and he specializes in helping companies kind of use social media marketing, uh, especially like you. You actually specialize in something kind of unique, which is the the paid version of social media marketing and that kind of thing. Um, he also is the host of the Digital Marketing Fast Lane podcast. And and by the way, I'm I'm Kevin. I'm really fascinated with what Voy does. Your your company. Um, I'm sure we're going to get into a lot of you know, really good how-tos on how to use social media and that kind of stuff. But actually, the reason I invited Kevin uh, on the show, though, is because Voy has created, in, in a very short period of time, created a really fun and family-style culture within their organization. And Kevin has been a really big reason why that's happened. So, uh, so I'm hoping he's going to share with us a few of the tips that he's doing to, especially during, you know, the COVID pandemic and stuff like that, that he used to, to kind of yeah. change from uh, in-person, you know, face-to-face everybody meeting at the office to making Zoom meetings with the company more fun during the pandemic and all that kind of stuff. So Kevin, welcome to High Impact Leaders. Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here, everybody. Nice. Good deal. Hey, so tell us just to kind of get started. Tell, tell us about Voy and kind of what you do for a yeah. living. What's it? What's the what's the back the background for, of the company and that kind of thing? Yeah. So Voy Media is a digital marketing agency. And how we started was just a quick background is I was a computer science major, uh, went to school in upstate New York, Binghamton. Uh, wanted to do programming for a very long time before I think people even knew what programming was or it was right. cool, right? Like now it's cool. Like, oh, before like nobody was like, you're, that's a weird skill. Like right. I knew I want, I, so I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur because uh, when I was like growing up, video games I thought were fascinating. And I found, what I found fascinating was that there were some games that I played that one person uh, made it. And then I was like, and I actually emailed them and his name was Hot Cut, some random guy from Netherlands. I was right. like, how'd you do this? 
And he's just like, oh, I did this programming thing. And like he was telling me about C Sharp and .NET. And I was like, oh, I got to learn this. And that's kind of what opened my eyes to like, at least for me, I was like maybe 14, 15 at the time. Like, sure. wow, one person can make this and like hundreds of people could use it. Like, that's crazy. And like, that's what I found so exciting. Um, so I knew I had to do like programming. So I, I did that and I got into startups, like building companies, ideas, like TechCrunch, you know, all the tech meme, all the stuff about there. And then again, like at that age, I was like really into it. So I, I was competing in hackathons, uh, competitions, going to accelerator events, moved out of California. And when I was in California, again, I tell people all the time, like, California at that time was exactly what I wanted. Everybody was talking about startups. Like when I was in upstate New York and Binghamton, I told people I want to do a startup. They're like, what are you doing? Like, why don't you go work a job? And I was like, I was like, I don't, I was like, I need to go there because it seems like for me, it seems like everybody gets it there. And remember, like I tell people all the time, I moved there without ever being there. I literally have never been to California, but I knew that like it was like so in me that I had to go. That was Um, where everything was happening at the time. Everything was happening. What what time frame was this, by the way? Just so everybody has it. So right now I'm 31. This was probably about 10 years ago when I was like 21, 22. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So past the, you know, past the dot-com boom and all that kind of stuff. So you're- Past the dot-com boom. It was kind of like- revival of like tech again. And like, at least for me at that time, like money was getting thrown around. So I was like, I got to go work at a startup. You know, you know, you hear all the time, like go work at a high growth startup. You're going to learn. Um, so I went there and yeah, California was everything I wanted. Um, and again, there, I really was building stuff because even during college, I kept building things. But sure. what I realized while I was in, in, in uh, working full time was that there's this thing called marketing. And I was like, oh, maybe I got to learn marketing. Right. And really that's kind of what maybe at, at that time, it wasn't like the idea of like Void Media, but it was more of like, hey, there's this thing that I think I'm missing in order to make a successful company. And I should learn what that is. And initially, because I, was, I had no money and I really, like, I think people know marketing is so complex. Sure. It's like, there's so many things. Like for me, marketing initially was like SEO. I was like, oh, SEO is marketing. And then you realize there's paid, you realize there's other type of marketing, there's billboard, it's like so, so much stuff. But like, I, I learned that concept um, in, in California and I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is what I'm missing. Right? I was like, I'm building all this stuff. And then fast forward a little bit more, I started my own company here in New York city called Mate Sailors home cleaning service using organic SEO. After that, I did my Montum, which is an e-commerce company. And the reason why I did the e-commerce company was because I was like, wow, Mate Sailors is great, but it's not scalable. I want to build something scalable. I was like, let me make a product. And I realized like, that's a different type of scalability issue. Where it's like, you don't have cash because you have to make all this stuff. Um, but that's kind of where that led me to learn more. Um, so Mate Sailors is more organic SEO. Montum was more paid stuff, which is kind of what I do now, which is Facebook ads, Instagram ads, creatives. Um, eventually that led me to um, start Void Media because I was like, okay, I, I think I really like marketing and I like right, right. selling. So that's kind of what more media is. Well, I, I tell you, man, you just opened up like seven new podcast episodes right there with the, with the response. That was very yeah. exciting. But so let me, let's kind of go back and yeah. cover a little bit more detail because this is fascinating how you kind of um, you were learning as you were doing along yeah. the way. So, so basically what, so when you were in, uh, California, when you were in, I'm assuming Silicon Valley, somewhere around there, right? So, so yeah, when, when you were in that that area, I'm I'm at that point. You were were you going to school or you were out of school, but you were um, working for some big companies and kind of yep. learning what they were doing and that kind of thing. Was that that was before you kind of went out on your own and did your own thing or? 
Yeah, exactly. So when I was in California, I was working for mint, mint.com. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I was doing front end development too. I was like, uh, so I was computer science, but I always knew I wanted to do web stuff and design. Right. So I was a graphic designer plus programmer. I always forget that. Like I was, I, I, I literally was a graphic designer in college as well. Cause I was like, I like the visual aspect of right, stuff sure, where sure. computer science traditionally is more like the back end. And for me, I was just like, I hate that people won't see what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> so, th- so you, but, but so basically when you, when you left Mint, you, uh, it was kind of a clean break just to start on your own. And you decided to go to go back to one of the most expensive <laughs> states in the, in the country to yeah, kind of start so, your own company. Right. So basically after Mint, I was Mint for about a year. And then I went to actually another startup because Mint, so Mint was great, but right. Mint at that time was very big, a much bigger right. company than I wanted to. And then I went to Zarly, which is another startup. That company was much smaller. Uh, and that was kind of like the pure startup environment. So that you, you were probably seeing everything from, like, from the ground up. You were seeing every, you were yeah. seeing all of the, it's funny because I had a very similar background. I mean, when I started off, I mean, my first kind of internship when yeah. I was work, was with a big Fortune 500 company. And then the very next year, I was working for a company that had four or five employees. Yeah. Right. And so I saw the, I saw from the, you know, really big and then, um, and then the, the, the um, kind of the family atmosphere. And it was funny because that really changed. Yeah. Uh, w- once I got into the smaller um, company, it really changed my whole view of what a company was because at the fortune five, like the big, huge company, yeah. so you different. know, I was just a really, really small cog. Whereas once I was in the family environment, now all of a sudden I was, I was, you know, even though I was brand new and I was yeah. young, I didn't know anything yet. I was still a part of the decision-making process and that kind of yeah. thing. So I'm assuming that's what you kind of saw too. That, right? That's exactly what it is too. I think it's exactly what you're saying. It's when you're a smart company, you're just part of the process more. Right. And, and it really depends. Like people sometimes want that. I wanted that. I was like, I want to know why we're making these decisions. And again, I would just want to make code something that had a big impact. Like I want to build a big feature. I don't want to be building like a small update. I'm like, this isn't fun for me. Yeah. Right. And so, so, so you go to New York and, and instead of kind of starting up a software business or something like that, you, you started a, a maid hiring maid, maid company. Yeah. So yeah. we made maid sellers, which is kind of like, so my idea for this came from when I was at in San Francisco right. at the time, Uber just came out and right. I was like, Oh, this is great for taxis. I was like, I want to make an Uber for cleaning. And that's literally was like, that was like, if you look at the Wayback machine, that was literally like our slogan for like the first like three months. Right. And I was just like, but I, then I realized that like, it probably didn't work because Uber is a very different type of model where it's like people need cabs every day where cleaning is like maybe once or twice a month. So sure. very different sort of model, but that was like the concept. And at that time I was like, okay, I'm going to do this company because I started learning SEO. I started learning SEO. I started learning about affiliate marketing. And I was like, I want to use my skills to the test. And then that's when I started doing the cleaning company because I was like, if I can rank my own stuff right. and I can provide the service, I'll make more money. Cool. Okay. So that that's fantastic. Okay. So, all right. So tell us about like what you're currently doing today at Voy. What's Voy, what's the whole yeah. focus and, and that kind of thing? Yeah. So right now here at Voy, my day-to-day is obviously running the company. Really, I tell people what I do almost every day is kind of like sales calls, just talking to founders, talking to entrepreneurs, or talking to other marketers to see, hey, can we help you with what you're looking for? Right. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but here at Voy, what we kind of do with other brands, um, is really help them with their paid creatives for social media. That's Facebook ads, Instagram ads, YouTube ads, Snapchat, and TikTok. And for us, it's about 
uh, creating ads or creatives are going to get someone sales. Um, it's much tougher now with this whole like iOS update, uh, right. but that's sort of what we're sort of dealing with. And at least a year ago, it was like amazing with like COVID was like crazy amount. Great for e-commerce. Like everybody with like record sales month, which is absolutely insane for us too. Yeah. So, so basically while other companies were really struggling throughout the yeah. whole pandemic, you guys were kind of booming because it was, you were doing things that most people were going to now need to do yeah. and they don't really know how to do it. And so yep. because you were the experts, you just happened to be in a, in a really good spot. Right. Yeah. It was also businesses too, which were just like looking for alternatives and like they were looking for extra to come for help, which was great for us. But like uh, again, like, it set false expectations because after that boom, it's like, wait, how come I'm not getting those like crazy months? I'm like, well, this is like, you know, an uncertain period. And, you know, people were buying 20 things at once because they didn't know what was right. happening. Where now it's like, I don't need toilet paper anymore. I can go when I need it. Right. So, right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. Sure. Hey, so, so, so let's kind of get into some of the um, kind of the team development, because I mean, obviously some fairly fast growth for the company. And one of the biggest challenges that I see, you know, working, yeah. In, in the team development and, and um, people development industry for you know over 20 years now is that as companies grow, they tend to get more. And it's probably the difference that you saw in those two different companies that you started with in the, in the beginning. It, it, it be, in the very beginning, it's all about family. It's all about yeah. the, the people that work for us and work with us and, and um, making sure that, that we're creating the, a, a really valuable culture and, and that kind of thing. As the company grows, we, most organizations tend to start to lose that. And so one of the things that I really wanted to showcase on High Impact Leaders is some of the companies that are going through that fast growth and doing really cool cool things to keep that family atmosphere, to keep that teamwork and that kind of thing. So while, while um, so, it, so your situation is a little bit different than most of the folks that we've had on the podcast talking about this because most of the folks are like, okay, so when morale was really low during, you know, the coronavirus pandemic, this is what we did. And so you were actually in the opposite is like, you were actually hiring people, I'm guessing at that time. And, and you were having to go through training and stuff when, uh, when, you know, there was a lot of fear out there. And I'm assuming that you're, you're, you, I know you mentioned that originally you guys were, um, you know, the, the, in the office in New York and then went totally virtual and, and I, I'm, it sounds like you never went back. Right. I think a lot of companies are kind of (laughs) doing that. So you've, you've kind of made the whole virtual environment fun and interesting and keep that teamwork and everything. So give us a little bit about the, about kind of what happened, you know, through the coronavirus pandemic and some of the things that you did to kind of keep the morale up and, and keep things booming and happy. Yeah. So for us here, we were based in New York. We had an office there and, and it was interesting because, so we're based in New York, but another partner, Avoy, his name is Wilson. He lives in, he lives in Taiwan. So he would always like, this was before pandemic. He was like, guys, like I'm remote. Like you guys need to be, learn how to work remote better because he's like, I don't, I'm not there for the, for the conversations that you guys are having. So before pandemic, we, at our company, we implemented like every Wednesday you work from home. Because uh, okay. that were like, because at that time we were kind of, we were in this weird phase of like, are we going to be fully remote or half remote, you know? And we, we still, I love the remote aspect because you, you can find great people in other places in the world. And I've always believed in that because 
coming from my computer science background, I was, I never really thought about it, but I was always working remote. I was just working from my room coding for other people, but like, I guess it's remote. Like, and I was like, I never <laughs> thought about it. I thought it was just working. Right. But like, it's a concept, I guess it was a concept, right. Um, for software engineers is obvious. Um, so for me, we did that before. So like we were already kind of using all the tools, Zoom, Slack, and we were sort of, Wilson was already kind of like thinking about like, hey, are we going to be remote or not? And again, it was because one was because of cost savings. We knew that if we didn't have an office in the city, we save us so much money. Right. Actually yeah. so expensive. Yeah. Um, so basically once the pandemic happened, it was like- It accelerated right, like, everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, all right, everything is just, we're, we're like, okay, we knew the decision now. We're going to be all remote. Like there's no like, you know, you kind of flip flop with your founder. Like, yeah, no, all right, let's just leave it like this. Let's just do a happy medium. So, but that's kind of for us, it was interesting because- at that time, we hired our, we hired somebody in the office, but the first day was after the pandemic, like a week later, because within that week, it was like, hey, actually, don't come to the office, work remotely. And then that was like a weird phase because then we started hiring people um, almost all remote, which we were doing before, but this was like a, at a different scale. Before it was like, okay, we would add somebody, add somebody, you know, right. but then we added like 10 people at once and it was like, whoa, like. I don't, I'm interviewing them, but after you interview them, you kind of like, when do you talk to them? Because you're not in meetings now because it's in like different teams. And that was sort of like a really hard for us initially to be like, Hey, like, are, is our designer still working with us? Because I don't really talk to them, but like the other, like, but then you, you know, like when you're, when you're in like in your office, you have a core group of people you kind of always talk to. And then when you people come, right. you bring them along for lunch and you get better. And that for me was tough because at least I'm not sure, at least for me, it was very weird because I'm like, guys, like you can talk to me. But it was weird because a lot of people are like, I forget, I forget them like I'm their boss or like the, you know, the owner of the company. And I guess for me, I find it so weird sometimes. I'm like, just talk to me. I'm like a normal human. Like, right, I want to get to right. know you. I want to like see what you're doing. I want to see what you're working on. Like, yeah, it's great that you're working for me, but like, I can talk to you about random stuff. Like, you have an issue, like, let me know. Like, right. Cause then, cause then I saw people like, hey, so and so is asking this about the, can, can they talk to you? I'm like, just DM me on yeah, this. Yeah, just talk to me. I'm here. You can just talk yeah. to me. Right. I, I have yeah, the yeah. same thing here. I mean, it's like, it's funny. Yeah. It's like, like just the, talk the, to me. The folks that are actually here in the office, yeah. I'm like, I'm right here. Just, yeah. just poke your head around the door. Yeah. I'm, you know, just ask me. I'm here. Yeah. And I think it's because, I don't know, for me, I think it's because like, depending on where they've worked previously, they couldn't do that. So for right. me, yeah, that's, that's kind of the environment I don't want, right? Where you're scared to like talk to your, I'm like, Hey, like, yeah, we, we can all talk about stuff that you're feeling with the company. Cause that's great because you can, like, you know, like people sometimes in different parts of the company know more than you do because you're kind of like a little bit out of it. You're not always right, in the weeds. Right. We're not um, forward facing with the customers. Yeah, with the problems, the customers. Yeah. Um, so we saw that. So what we implemented here now was like uh, this girl, Amy, <clears throat> This girl, Amy, um, uh, we came up with a game where we basically would pair up people in like kind of like a wheel of fortune where you would spin and two people get paired up. And then every Friday for an hour, you present on a topic with this random person that you don't know. And if it's someone like, let's say like, I'm like, hey, dog, like we know we talk to each other. It's like, no, you guys are not getting paired up because right. that's not the point of the game. We it's spin like, again. We spin yeah, again. Spin again. Yeah, yeah. And we try to we try to do it because like we're so diverse. There's people from like Chile, uh, Argentina, Taiwan, Canada. It's like. Uh, anywhere in the world so we're saying hey like just talk about something that you guys find interesting and within the week do something and then that's helpful because again it's two things it's like I was saying before when you're on sometimes you're on these zoom calls it's so like you're so professional it's like okay right. like you know it's interesting because like I see it sometimes too and I'm like 
talk when I join client calls yeah. and I see the recording where like I'm seeing the media buyer and the, and the client talking like just chit-chatting about football soccer basketball and when I join it like okay let's go start I'm like guys like you don't have to like I literally see the shift and I'm like that's how zoom calls are it's like you're so professional where you know when you're a meeting in real person you're kind of just like hey what's up let's get coffee real quick you know let's go let's go do something so I that's sort of what I want more of is like the interactivity and especially when you have like these big zoom team calls with like everybody on it's like everybody's muted and just like no one says it like any questions there was just like i'm like okay guys i know you guys have questions like right. just say something yeah so but that yeah. that's how it's helped us and it's great because people are connecting we're seeing people that don't talk meet each other and again again for us too as a company we're learning about different cultures uh we talk about like for example we had someone from the philippines and argentina two people that never met or now they don't really work with each other right. but saying hey let's talk about our countries and and share it with the boy that's fantastic. That's a, that's a brilliant idea. I'm going to steal that, by the way. I, I think yeah. we're going to we, we're going to start a new game on Fridays yeah, yeah. here. I think that sounds kind of fun. No, actually, it's funny because like one one of the when um, I'm obviously the industry that I'm in. I mean, we, we basically um, help companies do meetings better, right? I mean, that's really what what folks kind of hire my company to do. And so when when Corona hit, man, it was devastating for us, the exact opposite of what happened with you. I mean, we basically meetings went down to, to nothing. And so we had to get our team together and say, okay, so how are we going to help our customers if they're not having meetings? You know, what is that? How, how exactly we're going to do that? Well, we kind of figured out that, you know, we're pretty dang good at Zoom calls, right? Yeah. So basically we started promoting ourselves as being companies or a, a, a an organization anyway, that can help you make your Zoom calls more fun. And it was fantastic. All of a sudden we had, and I think from probably from like March of 2020, maybe April anyway of 2020, I think it was probably March from April, March or April of 2020 up until about, I would say probably December of 2020, every single dollar that we brought in revenue wise came from something brand new that didn't exist before March of 2020. It was something that we, we kind of created. And so, and we had fun, we had a blast. We were creating things left and right. We figured out how to do team building activities online, that kind of thing. So it was really, it was really kind of a, um, as although it was, I wouldn't want to do it again, you know, wouldn't want to go through that again, but it's funny. We, we found a lot of new strengths in the, in the folks that kind of work with us and, uh, working on our team uh, during that time frame, you know, so it was kind of fun when, when, you know, in retrospect now, when we look back, we're like, man, we, we kind of grew a lot. And so um, it's, it's always fun to hear stories like what, what you, what you kind of figured out. We, it's funny. We, um, we started out, my company did the exact opposite. We started out as a virtual company and then we went to a, an office environment. So we, so basically um, when, when coronavirus hit, we were like, yeah, we'll work from home. We've done yeah. that before. We did that for 15 years before we yeah. actually created an office, right? So we were kind of we. I think we were already, a little yeah. ahead of a, a little ahead of the game on that part. So it was a little bit, a little bit different story. Uh, so hey, so um, but, but before we kind of finish up here, tell me about tell me about kind of what you do with your customers at at Boy when when you get a brand new organization that your team is is working with. What kind of things are you helping them do? to um to 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 kind of 
create to to um, um, kind of grow their brand and that kind of thing. So because you're you're really your real focus, from what I understand, is scalability. It's basically just like what you figured out with the with the cleaning service is that if you're in order to get really good at something, you have to kind of create something to scale. Because I know you've yeah. got clients that were like on Shark Tank and that kind of yeah. thing that are that are really looking to scale, and they contact you guys to help them do it, right? Yeah. So the biggest, I guess what we do for them is I would say like in a nutshell, what we do is, and what sort of what we're good at is just basically creating tons and tons of video ads or image ads for them to run on these platforms. Like for us, it's about, look, let's take a look at the content you have. We're going to make it into ads that we think will work well based on what we consider like direct response. I tell people all the time, like here at Voy, like our ads probably won't win like awards at these sort of, you know, things, but we're here to make you sales. And that's right. Right. Too, right? <laughs> yeah. So we're not here to win awards. Time, like, we're here to get, we're here to increase revenue for your company yeah. over, a, over a short period yeah. of time. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and the, the, and like, at least for me, like, just like thinking about it, that was something like I struggled with, with like, should we do like, I know. So it's like, it's hard because like to pit, to win, to win a client, you need to have great looking ads but in order to get sales, it's like, those don't usually work. But then like, cause I remember I wasn't in this industry. I learned agency model. Right. I realized that like what you put on your website and portfolio is like the best looking stuff, but that technically the stuff that worked, the stuff that worked is like stuff that you sort of like keep behind saying, Hey, yeah, like this is like random work, but that's sort of what we do at boy is helping brands with creatives and really telling them like, Hey, creative is all about being direct and direct response. And so, and telling your customers, here's a problem that we solve. Um, and here's how you can buy it and use it from us. Yeah, no, it's, it's it, that's funny that you say that because I mean it, it it spawned a memory that I I had totally forgot about when I I have a friend who he trains keynote speakers in Las Vegas and one of the things that he mentioned once to me just in passing was he said he said Doug like if I'm because you know he's one of these guys that go and they they do keynote speeches yeah. and then they sell their books and videos and stuff like that at the back of the table and everything. He said that um, a lot of times what he'll do is he'll put some of his best stuff on at the, at the time it was like a CD or DVD or something yeah. like that. Right. Cause this was a, couple, yeah. a decade ago, but he said he put that on with like a sticker, like you get at, at office Depot, you know, you know, like the office Depot mailing label stickers, yeah. you know, he would type something and put that on there and he'd sell it for like 50 bucks of a DVD or whatever. And people would buy more of that thing because it, it, it was, it was like, this is something you can't get it. This is something that is, that can't be, you can't get it anywhere else, yeah. but at one of these, one of these uh, in-person meetings that he's had with you and that kind of thing. Right. So, so it wasn't the prettiest thing that actually sold. It was the thing that had the best content on it. Yeah. And he was a big believer in that. Then I had forgotten all about that too. It, yeah. That's one of those nuggets from like 15 years ago that <laughs> just kind of came back. Thanks for that. It's <laughs> kind of cool. Hey, so um, so if somebody wanted to kind of do business business with Voy, or if they wanted to kind of get in contact with you, how would they how would they do that? Yeah, the best way is just go to voymedia.com or I tell people all the time just shoot me an email, Kevin at Voy Media. I pretty check my email all the time. Um, but like at least for me personally, I love using Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Danas, D-A-N-E-S-T. Uh, Twitter's my Twitter's probably my favorite social media platform, uh, but they're not really good that great at advertising. So, which is a shame because I feel like right. it could be so much better. <laughs> so. Yeah, and then and then your podcast is Digital Marketing Fast Lane, right? Yep, Digital Marketing Fast Lane. Give tips on marketing, local businesses, and just e-commerce or just entrepreneurship in general. 
Yeah, totally listen to that, subscribe to it. You know, you'll get a lot of great tips from that anyway. So Kevin, thanks a lot for being a part of High Impact Leaders, man. Glad you're here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Doug. Appreciate it. Take it easy.